Lynn Hiles Ministries presents Dr. Lynn Hiles That You Might Have Life. And here's your host, Dr. Lynn Hiles. Welcome back to the program again today, and thank you for taking the time to uh, continue to tune in, and we just thank you for consistently uh, watching our program. We've heard from so many of you, and it has been absolutely encouraging. And uh, I know we're sharing some stuff that may be different than other people uh, may have shared in times past, and we're not trying to fight anybody else. We're just trying to tell you what we think God said to us, and then you have the prerogative to eat the grapes and spit out the seeds. We're teaching the 22nd chapter of the book of Revelation. If you are tuning in for the first time, it's going to be a little bit difficult to follow us. But I want you to know that uh, everything that we have aired to date, there's been probably at least 130 programs that we have aired on the book of Revelation that are available for you to watch. They are archived right now on YouTube, and you can go there to our YouTube channel that you might have life, or you can punch my name in and it'll bring up that playlist. You can go back and watch them at your leisure and kind of catch up to where we're at. Also on our uh, uh, podcast on iTunes, you can go there and sign up for our free podcast and you will have the program, the audio portion, delivered to your smart device as soon as it is uploaded. There's also a place on our website that you can go for our RSS feed for other kinds of devices like Android and so forth. And you can catch up to where we're at. We're going to get back in the Word because I'm going to, in the next couple of weeks, bring to conclusion this whole series that we've taught on the book of Revelation. At that point, we will release also the CD uh, portions of this teaching series so that you can order them uh, by calling the number on the screen or by going to our website would be the easiest way for you to get those things. Uh, We're going to go back to the Revelation chapter 22 today, and I want to begin reading verse 1 again. He showed me a pure river of water, clear as a crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb, and in the midst of the street of it, on either side of the river, was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month, and the leaves of the trees were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it, and His servants shall serve Him. They shall see His face, and His name shall be in their foreheads. There shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. And uh, And He said unto me, These things are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent His angel to show unto His servants the things which must shortly be done. I want you to see again that He reiterates the same theme He has said throughout this book of Revelation, and this whole time that we have taught uh, eschatology or end times, we have continued to show you over and over and over again the imminency statements where He said things like, these things are about to shortly come to pass. Shortly does not mean 2,015 years and counting. These things were written to seven churches that were really in Asia, so that this book had to have some relevance to a first century church. And as I told you before, somebody asked me, well, is Revelation 21 and 2 past, present, or future? Well, it's like redemption. It's all of the above. It's past, it's present, and it is future. In other words, the work of Jesus is past, it is complete, it is total, it was delivered to us. A salvation was delivered to us once for all. And uh, it is available to any man whose silver will can access this grace. 
Uh, but what we need to see is that it's not w still waiting for some distant future. He said it's about to shortly come to pass. He said that in Revelation chapter number 1 when he said, They which pierce me will look upon me. Behold, I come quickly. My reward is with me. He tells them over and over again, even in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you will not have finished going through the cities of Jerusalem till the Son of Man Become. Behold, I come with clouds, and every eye will see him, and those which pierced him will look upon him. Those who pierced him. In other words, it's relevant again to this first century. And he says, Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keeps the sayings of the prophecy of this book. So we see all of these eminency statements and that are there again to keep kind of bring you right back into uh, the whole timeline of what we've shared about this whole eschatological viewpoint of the book of Revelation. Verse 8, John says, And I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel, which showed me these things. And he saith unto me, See thou do it not, for I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren the prophets, and of them which keep the sayings of this book worship God. And he saith unto me, Seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, once again, notice the time eminency, for the time is at hand. He told John that in the first century. Don't seal this prophecy. The time is at hand. Now let me just show you something, uh, because uh, he keeps on saying over and over and over, he reiterates these things, and he says, uh, uh, he, he, he tells him, don't seal up. First of all, he said unto me, Seal not the sayings of the prophecy of the book, for this the time is at hand. Now, in the latter part of uh, last week's segment, I said this as well. God told Daniel in the book of Daniel, who also we've shared a lot of things from the book of Daniel to show that he was prophesying concerning this time slot in human history. And he told Daniel to seal up the words of his prophecy because his prophecy was for the time of the end and it was for a distant future. Now, he told Daniel that in about, I believe it was uh, 600 B.C. Let me see, I've got it in my notes here. Uh, he tells him that in, I believe it was, the date is around 600 B.C. And Daniel 12, 4, he said, But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. That's Daniel 12, verse 4. And he said, Go your way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. And he also says uh, uh, in, in uh, Daniel chapter 8, verse 26, he said, And the vision of the evenings and the mornings which I was told is true. Therefore seal up the vision, for it refers to many days in the future. That's Daniel 8, verse 26. And then Daniel 10, verse 14 says, Now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people, to your people, Daniel. See, again, this is relevant to the Jews uh, and, and written to the Jewish nation, primarily to, to the Jewish people who were about to lose uh, their temple, their system was about to be dissolved, and God was about to give birth to a new covenant, a new creation, a new Jerusalem. Everything is becoming new in Revelation 21 and 22. And he says that in Daniel chapter 10, verse 14, for the vision refers to many days yet to come. And then you also see in uh, Revelation chapter number 22, verse 10, it says, And he said to me, Do not seal the words of the book, of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. So you see, uh, he continues to say, he told Daniel, Your prophecy is for the distant future. That was 600 years before this. This time slot, God tells John, Don't seal up your vision. The time is at hand. All of, many of the prophecies that you see, 
Uh, even in the book of Ze Zechariah that talks about, uh, you know, uh, uh, they which pierced him will look upon him. Behold, I am coming quickly. Uh, and and uh, in other words, the judgments that had been promised under the old covenant were now coming to pass on apostate Israel. Matter of fact, Luke's gospel, I believe it is chapter 20, says, For these be the days of vengeance, that all things which were spoken might be fulfilled. So these things were the fulfillment of the prophecies that were given by Isaiah, by Zechariah, by Daniel, by the prophet Joel, and many, uh, well, uh, uh, many of the New Testament writers even quote that. Peter stands up on the day of Pentecost, quotes Joel, he said, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel that in the last days. So he calls his day the last days. So these things were occurring, and he tells them, you know, see again, we see the promises made in the early parts, and then he says to them, uh, don't seal up the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. And then I wanted to touch this scripture because I think it's very important for us to look at. He said, He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him uh, be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. Behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according to his works. I'm Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do His commandments, that they might have right to the tree of life, and may enter in through the gates in the city. For without are dogs, and, and, and sorcerers, and whoremongers, and murderers, and idolaters, and whoever loves and makes a lie. I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things to the churches. I'm the root and the offspring of David. I'm the bright and the morning star, and the spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him that's here say, Come. Let him that's a thirst come, and whoever will, let him drink of the water of life freely. For I testify unto him that hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add to uh, the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add to these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Again he reiterates the time thing. Even so, come Lord Jesus, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Now what I want to do again is I show you over and over again the timing and imminence of these scriptures saying, I am coming quickly. Now if you remember right in Revelation chapter 1 verse 7, it says, Behold, He is coming with clouds, and every eye will see Him, even they who pierced Him. And all the tribes of the earth Literally all the tribes of the land will mourn because of Him. When He's seen tribes, He's talking about the twelve tribes of Israel mourn because of Him. Even so, Amen. And then He says to them in Revelation 3, Remember how, therefore how thou hast received and heard, and hold fast and repent. Therefore if you will not watch, I will come upon you like a thief, and you will not know what hour I will come upon you. Uh, he says then in Revelation chapter 3, verse 11, Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have, that no man take your crown. Revelation 16, verse 15 says, And behold, I am coming as a thief. Blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments, lest he walk naked, and they see his shame. Uh, that's, uh, and, and so over and over he reiterates those very same things. So when I go back here and I look at uh, what he's saying, let me go back here verse by verse and make some comments about some of these things. He says to me, seal up not, do not seal the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He that is unjust, I wanted to deal with this, let him be unjust still. He which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, 
let him be holy still. And behold, I come quickly, my reward is with me to give every man according to his work shall be. I'm the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life, may enter in through the gates into the city. And I want to just say to you that what I, this speaks to me of, when he says, let him this filthy be filthy still, is I believe what he's dealing with is the closing days of the Mosaic Covenant when he has given the people of God, or, or if you will, the Jewish nation and the apostate people every opportunity to come into the covenants of promise. The final days have come, the judgment has come, one is being destroyed and the other is coming on the scene. Uh, it is as if he is saying to them, like that of the wedding and of the five wise, five foolish virgins, once the door is shut, and it was being closed at the close of that age, he's saying to them who are under this old covenant paradigm, who have pierced him, you know, he, remember he says, Behold, I am coming quickly, and they which pierced me will look upon me. What he's saying to those who are coming to the close of this Mosaic age is if you're filthy, it lights out. It's too late now. The door has been closed. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. And judgment is now, has now come to the apostates. And he, he's saying, Let him this holy be holy still. Uh, you know, I, I think it is interesting when I begin to look at uh, the book, I started comparing some of these things. Let me just read some of, of my notes here. It says, uh, I, I just simply put in my notes, this is the fulfillment of the first century of apostates who do not receive their Messiah, the King. The door has been shut, the wedding has now been furnished, the kingdom has been taken from the unworthy Jews and given to a nation producing the fruit. The old covenant has ended, and now the new covenant is fully inaugurated and enforced. The sheep and the goats have been separated, and the judgment that was based on works has now ended. Remember, everybody here is being judged according to their works. Uh, he says, I'm coming quickly, and my reward is with me. So the judgment that was based upon, uh, when you look back at some of the parables that I've already dealt with, of, of uh, 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 the wise and the foolish stewards, and what was taken from them and given to those that were producing with it. In other words, he's saying to them, uh, you've come to the end of this, and he that's filthy, let him be filthy still, and I'm rewarding you uh, based on your response up to this point, based upon your works. Now, in the new covenant, he does not give to us based on our works. He gives to us based on the free gift and those of us who have come to this new covenant where we drink of the water of life freely. But I see these words as being the closing of the old covenant has ended. The new covenant has been fully inaugurated. The sheep and the goats have been separated. The door has been closed. Let him that's filthy be filthy still. In other words, God has given them every opportunity to come in, and they have rejected their king their Messiah. They're about to look upon Him whom they pierced, because when He said He comes in clouds, uh, and, and you know, several places that He talks about uh, coming in the clouds. Let me just read just a few of these that I, I think I put in my notes here. It says, uh, this is uh, Matthew 16, verse 27. It says, For the Son of Man will come, and the glory of His Father with His angels, and He will reward each according to His works. Uh, now watch this, though. As surely I say to you, there are some standing here who shall not taste death till they see the Son of Man coming in His kingdom. Now Jesus gave that prophecy, Matthew 16, verse 27 through 28. These are the words of Jesus. He said, there are some standing 
here who will not taste death till they see the Son of Man coming in His kingdom. So they had to see in that first century some kind of a coming of the Lord. And again, to the Jews that were standing there, cloud comings was not an unusual thing because you see Him coming in judgment against apostate uh, nations all through the Old Covenant, especially Psalm 18, where He makes the wind His chariot and He comes upon the clouds and in the thick darkness. And He tells them in the book of Joel, the day of the Lord is a day of darkness, a day of gloominess, and a day of clouds. So cloud comings was not an unusual thing uh, for the mind of the Jewish believer. Now here's another verse. It says, For the Son of Man shall come. This is Matthew 24, verse number 43. For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of His Father with His angels, and then He shall reward every man according to His works. And then Jesus said in Matthew 24, This generation right here will not pass until all these things are fulfilled. What I'm showing you is the context of let him that's filthy be filthy still. The context of him that is uh, uh, righteous, let him be righteous still. Here's another one. But uh, this is, uh, I think, no, this one's Matthew 24, verse 47. But, but know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. This is him coming like a thief. In other words, he's coming upon them suddenly. He warned them. But he tells us as believers, or the apostles, tell, but that day will not overcome you like a thief. Because see, those that were believers heard the words of Jesus who told them that the sign of his coming in judgment would be when you see Jerusalem encompassed with armies. And we know in the first siege uh, that they made on Jerusalem, I believe it was during that year that Nero had committed suicide. They drew back for a year, and every believer that heard the prophecy of Jesus said, when you see Jerusalem encompassed with armies, let him that's in Judea flee into the mountains. See, the fact that that scripture, you know, we bring that over into some American gospel, but the truth of it is you and I don't live in Judea. So he's not talking about this judgment falling on America. He was talking about judgment falling on Israel. Let him that's in Judea flee to the mountains. That happened in the first century where one was taken and the other left. Believers left, unbelievers didn't leave. Uh, and then those that were left behind, see one of the things that we need to understand is even from uh, the Olivet Discourse, that he says, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. As it was in the days of Lot. And so he talks about one being taken and the other left. In the days of Lot and in the days of uh, Noah, the ones that were taken were the wicked. It was the righteous that remained. The wicked were destroyed. See, I'm telling you, if you are in that number that's getting ready to leave, you might be in the wrong bunch because the ones that were leaving and taken and left behind, uh, the ones that were taken were the ones that were destroyed. And the righteous, many of them fled from Jerusalem when knowing the words of Jesus. It didn't come on them like a thief. They fled from there into the wilderness for three and a half years, 42 months, the time when they were fed in the wilderness, or they fled into a city called Pella, where not many of the believers were killed at all because they heeded the words of Jesus. Here's another one. For yourselves know, verse Thessalonians 5, he's talking to the church at Thessalonica here. Chapter 5, verse 2 through 4, For yourselves know perfectly the day of the Lord cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them, as travail upon a woman without her, they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness that that day should overtake you like a thief. He was talking to the church at Thessalonica. And he's saying to them, listen, this day 
is not going to overtake you like a thief because you understand the word of the Lord that this day was going to come. And when they say peace and safety, and if you go back and read the writings of Josephus, they misread even a sign of a, of a sword that stood over uh, the tabernacle. It was almost like a comet that stood over the, the tabernacle or the temple that was in Jerusalem. And, and many that misread that sign thought it was a sign that God was on their side and victory was imminent. But to those who knew the prophetic word of the Lord, they knew it was a sign that judgment was imminent and it was time to flee for safety. So when you hear them crying, they were crying peace and safety and false prophets begin to deceive them and they begin to stay in the city and many of them were killed. I believe there was millions of them that were killed in the destruction of Jerusalem in AD 70. He said, when they say peace and safety, then comes sudden destruction. Second Peter chapter 3, this is just a few years before the destruction. He says, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise. And the elements shall melt with fervent heat and the earth also and the works that are in there shall be burned up. I shared with you before how that this word elements is the Greek word stoikion and it's used in Galatians 4 where he says, when you were children you were under the elements, touch not, taste not, handle not. Colossians uses the same Greek word stoikion for rudiments, where he talks about you were, you know, uh, I think that was the one where it says, taste not, handle not. But he said, when you were children, you were under the elements of the world, of the bondage of the mosaic system. So the elements that were about to melt with a fervent heat, the uh, heavens that were about to pass away. I already showed you when I dealt with Revelation 21, go back and watch that segment, that the new heaven and the earth is not dealing with a new planet, it is dealing with a new covenant, a new creation, uh, a new temple, because in the mind of the Jewish believer, their temple was the place where heaven met and their land was where the earth was because Bethel was the house of God. It was the gate of heaven and God was about to move out of that physical house into a spiritual house. There's a new heaven and there's a new earth. That old one has passed away. The elements have already melted with the fervent heat. That has nothing to do with some futuristic holocaust or some futuristic nuclear bomb. Uh, it goes on to say, I'm Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do His commandments, that they shall have right to the tree of life, that they may enter into the gates. Hallelujah. Now let me just say one other thing very quickly. Uh, let me see if I've got it here in my notes. In the comparison also, there's a place in uh, the book of Zechariah. Zechariah talks about, makes several comparisons here also with this. But I want you to see that if you go back, I think if you read it in the book of Zechariah, and you go, I believe it is, to chapter 12, it first of all sets the, the, the setting. Well, let me, do, let me just go back over here into the book of Zechariah. I think I've got just a few moments to maybe quickly go over here. But the book of Zechariah, uh, let me see if I could go, I believe it is, to chapter 11, first of all. And... Uh, uh, It talks about, first of all, in verse 12 of Zechariah, it says, And I said unto them, If they think good, give me my price, and if not, forbear. So they weighed for my price thirty pieces of silver. And the Lord said unto them, Cast it under the potter for a goodly price, that I was praised at them that took the, that took, uh, the thirty pieces of silver and cast them to the potter in the house of the Lord. And it goes on to say, if you read this in uh, the book of Zechariah, he's talking about what Jesus was sold for 30 pieces of silver. So chapter 11 of Zechariah, first of all, begins to talk about 
the context of the prophecies of Zechariah where he talks about they weighed out for my cost 30 pieces of silver. And then I believe it is in chapter 12, he says, and I will pour on the house of David, this is chapter 12, verse 10, and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the spirit of grace and supplication, they shall look upon me whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his only son, and shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. And there'll be a great mourning in Jerusalem as, as the mourning of Hadadadraman in the valley of Megiddo. And they shall mourn every family apart of the family of the house of David. In other words, he said, they which pierce, or they, or they will begin to mourn for me, uh, and they, will, they which uh, pierce me will look upon me. Revelation chapter 21, he quotes this scripture, said, they which pierced him will look upon him. So he even connects a lot of things that people say that's in the book of Zechariah to the distant future was not happening in the distant future. It happened in the first century. They weighed out his price, 30 pieces of silver. In chapter 12, they look upon him whom they pierced. In chapter 13, there's a fountain that's opened, verse number one, and that they shall a fountain be opened into the house of David and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and for uncleanness. This is the fountain that's flowing in the river that's flowing in Revelation chapter 21 uh, of the book of Revelation. And it shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord of hosts, that I will cut off the names of the idols out of the land. They shall be no more remembered, and I will cause the prophets of the unclean spirit to pass out of the land. It shall come to pass that when they prophesy, his father and his mother that begat him shall say when they prophesy uh, that his father and mother that begat him shall say to him, Thou shalt not live, for thou speakest lies in the name of the Lord and his father and his mother that begat him shall thrust him through when he prophesied. And let me just skip down because I'm running out of time. Uh, verse 6 says, And one shall say unto him, What are these wounds in thine hands? Then he shall answer, Those which, with which I was wounded in the house of my friends. He goes on to prophesy in this 12th chapter or 13th chapter about setting the context again of this same time period. But then you go into the 14th chapter and it talks about, uh, it says that his feet will touch the Mount of Olives and the Mount will split in two. I, I, I tell you that the context of this is not somewhere out in your distant future. This is something that occurred during the first century. Jesus has already stood on the Mount of Olives when he prophesied the destruction and the division of the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. I, I submit to you the mountain split in two and the judgment came and his feet have already touched the Mount of Olives, and Jesus is presently reigning. And he says to them, these things are about to shortly come to pass. I have run out of time. Uh, you've been blessing again. Take a moment to call that number on the screen. Uh, help us, if you can, to take the gospel of the kingdom, the gospel of his grace around the world. Your, your help is much needed. It is very expensive undertaking to do television and the things that we're doing. Come see us in one of our meetings. Go to our website, visit our website. All of our products are there. And our schedule is there. We'd love to see you in one of these meetings. Thank you for joining us and tune in again next week at the same time. God bless you. For anyone struggling to understand John's writings in Revelation, this book provides true, biblically-based answers. Through detailed insights into the letters John wrote to the seven churches of his day, you will learn how to avoid the mistakes of the early church to overcome today's trials and tribulations. This book will provoke you to thought and dialogue, bringing greater clarity and revelation of Jesus Christ.